Adults, you'll be turning to Matthew 26, if you would, and we're going to look at the night before Calvary, as we look together today. Just want to look at a few of the events that was going on that evening before Christ would die on the cross on Friday, and we'll look at that next Sunday as we share Easter Sunday together. Looking forward to that with you, and looking forward to a great big group next Sunday as we come together. I, I don't think it's beyond belief that we could have 400 here next Sunday. I really don't. And uh, I think it's going to be a wonderful day in the Lord. It's a wonderful day today for sure, and it's good to be back with you. I wanted to thank Brother Fred for preaching last Sunday. Brother Danny and them always do a wonderful job in my absence, and appreciate all of everybody. Just Everything was just in place when I got back, and thank you for everything that you guys do. We had, had a wonderful time. We got to move quick this morning. It's a little bit late, but hey, I like being delayed by baptism, that's for sure. And uh, we enjoy that. I wanted to look at uh, this tonight at 5 o'clock. Now, we're going to have the Lord's Supper. And I wanted to just read through this. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I just want to read through this part. But I want, I want to encourage you to come to that. I, I, I just always wonder why we only have 30 or 40 or 50 show up for Lord's Supper. I don't know if it's that you don't understand what it is or if you're afraid of it or... Uh, I, I don't know. I, you know, I don't want you to be afraid of it. It's a wonderful service. When we have the Lord's Supper, it's just the Lord's Supper is all we do. Um, it's a very somber, um, very reverent service. You know, I'm always kidding and going on. That service is more serious. We usually come in and uh, we'll come to in and be seated, be, be quiet, and begin to pray, begin to search our hearts because we want to be, uh, you know, clean before the Lord before we take this Lord's Supper. We have a small piece of bread, and that's what it is. It's a piece of bread, and we have a, a small cup of juice. It's, it's grape juice, but they're symbols of what Christ has done for us. And, uh, you know, we, we show you how to do it. We all do the bread together. We all do the cup together. The bread represents his body that was broken for us. That's why we break bread together. His body that was broken, it represents that. It's not his body, it's a representation. And then we drink the cup together, which represents his blood that was shed for us. And it says as often as you do it, it doesn't say how often you have to do it. Some churches do it every Sunday, some do it on the quarter, some do it before big events like Christmas and Easter, things of that nature. We usually try to do it two, three, four times a year here. Um, but anyone that's a believer in Christ is welcome to that service. And it, it's one of the most, I don't know, I just enjoy that service so much. Uh, and I encourage you to come back tonight. Uh, we'll, have, we'll have plenty for everyone. And, and just come and, and be a part of that. Let's read about how it all began, all right? Let's read why we do that. Verse 17 of chapter, uh, chapter 26 of Matthew. Matthew 26, chapter 17. Got it up on the screen here if you don't have your Bible with you. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? Now, the Passover was something that they had been observing since way back when Egypt, when God delivered them out of, the, of Egypt and into the Promised Land. They observed that every year. Uh, still, the Jewish people today observe the Passover. That's when the, the death angel passed over. Everyone that had the blood on their doorpost the death angel passed over their house, and that person, that young child was spared in that house that had the blood over the post. And so someday when we get to heaven, or when we are time for us to go to heaven, if Jesus' blood is over our life, 
we will be able to pass over into heaven, pass over to be with him. And they were preparing for this Passover feast. It would be Jesus' last Passover in, in this human body. Verse 18, he replied, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My appointment, appointed time is near. I am going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. Right here we see that even though God was, uh, Jesus was fully man, he was fully God, he knew that this man would be there at that appointed hour. He knew who he was. He knew what he had. And so we see the sovereignty, the all-knowingness of God through that verse. Verse 19, so the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. Now you see that's in red letters. And you must have thought at that moment with the, the twelve sitting around, the talk, the chatter began. What, what's he talking about? One of us is going to betray him? And, of course, they all begin to ask, is it me? Is it me? Is it me? They begin to become very concerned. They were very sad and began to say to him one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to the man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Man, what a statement. Think about Judas and his situation. Judas had the right to choose Christ. Judas had been following Christ for the last three and a half years. He had sat at Jesus' feet and heard his teaching time and time again. He, he had knew Jesus' heart. And still, when time come to pick Jesus or pick money or pick something else, Judas picked something else. It's hard for us to understand that. But you know, here we are 2,000 years later, and sad to say, there are still people picking other things rather than Christ. There are still people around the country picking other things other than Christ. And what these words said here, it just gives me shudders. It just makes me shake. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Think of all the wonderful times that Judas had shared with Christ. And Christ said these words, it would be better that he would never have been born. Man, it breaks your heart. Verse 25, then Judas, the one who betrayed him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus answered, You have said so. Now, if you look over in John, we won't look there today, but many believe that at this time, Judas dismissed himself and went on. Others believe that he stayed and had some of the, Lord, the, the, the supper with them, but most believe that at this time, Judas, he said, Go do what you've got to do. And at this time, Judas excused himself and went to betray the Lord. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Now, they had had the Passover dinner earlier, and now they were, he was instituting something brand new. He was instituting something we call the Lord's Supper, or communion today. And he was showing them what each part would represent. And here we just see that he broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and then in red letters it says, Take and eat. This is my body. And this evening when we take the Lord's Supper, we will do that. Take, eat, this is my body, and we will all take and eat the bread together this afternoon in remembrance of the body that was broken for us. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for this forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from the fruit of the vine. From now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. 
Someday, guys, just think about the next time that the Lord shares this supper, it will be with us. That's, that's something to think about for just a moment. The next time we share this supper together, it will be with Jesus. And, and so it's just amazing to think about how wonderful that's going to be. Uh, being there with him, receiving that bread and that cup from him, it's going to be like none other. And so what it says, as we'll read tonight, as often as you drink this cup and you eat of this bread, do it in remembrance of me until I come. And, and what it's saying by taking the cup and taking the bread, you, you share his story. You share the gospel because it's talking about a body that was broken, a blood that was shed so that we could have eternal life. And so every time you take the Lord's Supper, you're telling the world this is the gospel. This is the good news that Jesus died and his body was broken, the blood was shed, and everyone that will ask him to save them, they can have eternal life. And so it was a beautiful, beautiful evening that was going to end very tragically uh, later on. Verse 30 says, when they, when, they, uh, when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Now, this week we were at uh, a place called the Holy Land Experience, and uh, in that place, it was just kind of a lot of replicas of Bible things. We've seen a replica of Noah's Ark. We, we even went into the old well's belly, Gary, and there was Jonah you know, on his back floating in there, you know. And we've seen him in there, and the girls got to go in the belly of the whale. And we've got to tell them about that. And we got to see the temple, a, a kind of a replica of the temple and all its glory and all the gold and stuff that was in the Holy of Holies and things. And I tried to explain to the girls that we wouldn't be able to go in there before Christ died for us because... That was just the high priest once a year. But when Jesus shed his blood on Calvary, the Bible says that the veil was torn from top to bottom and it opened it up so everyone that go in the presence of God. And it's a beautiful thing. And, and we also was looking at all the different things. It had the Mount Calvary. It had the, the tomb and it had those things. Uh, and, and it showed this big model of, of Israel, I mean, of Jerusalem. And it showed uh, the temple. And then the, the guide there showed us that when Jesus, after they had had the... the uh, Lord's Supper in the upper room, and he showed there on the big, the big model, it's as big as this floor, it seemed like. And then he took us down, he said they went down, they went out of the city and down to the Kedron Valley and up to the Mount of Olives. And so it would set over here, when over there was Jerusalem, and now they're over here at the, the Mount of Olives in the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane was an olive press. It was where they would press the olives and get the olive oil out of them. And, and it, kind of, it kind of fit because Jesus was about to be pressed in the Garden of Gethsemane. And so we've seen a picture of that this week. And so they're traveling now from that upper room over to the, the Garden of Gethsemane, and Jesus continues to talk and teach the disciples. Look at verse 31. Then Jesus told them, This very night you will fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. That's in Zechariah. And to think about that, I will strike the shepherd, which is Jesus, and the sheep, the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. So Jesus is already telling them what's about to happen. He's trying to explain to them. And of course, if you'll read back through the New Testament, remember when we went through John a few months ago, he just kept telling them, I, I've got a purpose for being here. I'm going to have to die. I'm going to be leaving you. I won't always be with you. And he, he told them this over and over in different ways. And they'd go, why? And we don't understand. And how come you have to leave us? And when are you going to set up your kingdom? And, and they were looking for this political kingdom to set up and, and kind of let them be over the Romans and they couldn't quite get the love and the, the compassion that Jesus had and, and so he's trying to tell them one more time look it's not long now it, it's coming real fast and, and you're gonna you're gonna scatter because of me you're gonna be 
You're going to be scattered. You're going to be afraid because you're going to be afraid that since they're killing me, they're going to kill you. And you're just going to go and hide and, and all kind of things are, are, are about to happen. But Jesus said, don't worry, because after all this goes away, after, after I've been crucified, after I've rose again, I'm going to meet you in Galilee and I'll, I'll be back there and I'll, I'll see you again. And of course, they've got to be scratching their head. If you're like, if it's like me and you, we'd all be going, what in the world is he talking about? What, what is he talking about here? And so he continues to teach. Verse 33, Peter replied, even if I shall fall away on account of you, I, it says, Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. You ever said, Lord, I'll never let you down? Lord, there's a lot of people out there that do wrong, but I won't do wrong. Peter, Peter loved the Lord. Oh, he loved the Lord. Look at his next words. If all fall away, Lord, if everybody lets you down, I won't. I won't let you down. You think Peter was sincere there? I think he was sincere with everything that he had. See, see, Peter was sincere, but Peter didn't know how evil his own heart was. And guys, I think all of us, from the preacher on down this morning, sitting in this room, I don't think we understand how evil our heart is. I don't think, I don't think we understand how quick we can turn. And we all know that. We can be in here and praise him, and I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe in the crucifixion. I believe in the Holy Spirit. And we can walk right out that door and start screaming at somebody. That's how evil our heart is. We can be walking along in the Lord, and man, we're praying, and we're prayed up, and we're reading the Word, and we're doing really well. And in one minute, we can be blowed up at somebody and mad and angry and confused. And I believe with all my heart, I believe Peter said, Lord, if everybody lets you down, I won't. I won't let, I'll be there for you. I believe he was sincere, just like I believe we're sincere every Sunday we meet here. But I also know how evil my heart is. I know how quick my thoughts can go to things that shouldn't be there. And guys, it shows us once again how much, how desperate we needed a Savior. We needed a Savior. Because inside here is junk. Unless Jesus comes in and cleans it up. We, we can be deceitful. We can be wicked. We can be angry. We can be prideful. We can be boastful. We can be jealous. We can be uh, covetous. Have covet, covetous in our heart. We can, we can do unspeakable things just that quick. And I believe, look, read on down there. Truly I tell you, Jesus said... This very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. My goodness. He said, Peter, not only are you going to deny me, but you're going to do it before the sun rises up. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And then look what the rest said. And all the other disciples said the same. Within two hours, you wouldn't be able to find one of them. They would scatter. Isn't it, isn't it amazing that right after you've had a wonderful moment with the Lord that the devil can come calling so quick? Does that ever happen to you or is it just me? Does that happen to you sometime? You have a wonderful church service or you've seen six wonderful people baptized or, or you had a wonderful prayer morning with the Lord by yourself there and you read his word and something spoke to you and man, you, man this is wonderful. I was reading through this last night. Very familiar stories. But I just, man, this is wonderful. How much God loves me. 
And if we're not careful, guys, with just, just in a few seconds, we'll do something totally sinful and totally wrong and totally opposite of what God is. It breaks my heart. Don't you look forward to the day when we get to heaven and we won't do that anymore? Man, I know I do. I know I do. I hate it. I'll come out of a great church service or, uh, you know, a great revival or just, you know, and it just seems like you're up here and this old, this old body and our old want-tos and the devil and all those things involved, it just takes us from mountaintop to valley like in three seconds. It's kind of like we get on an elevator and just straight down. I don't know why that happens. But again, every one of the disciples said, Lord, we will not disown you. We will be there for you. We are not going to leave you. Within two hours, you couldn't find one of them. And by morning, Peter had got so mad at somebody saying, don't you know Jesus? That he cussed at him. I don't know him. What are you talking about? And guys, we shouldn't sit here and say, man, Peter was sorry. Because I guarantee if you're like me, if you look in the mirror when you get home, that same sorry dude's right there. Amen? We need Jesus, amen? Let's look at him pray for us. We move now to the Garden of Gethsemane. And guys, you don't hear a lot of sermons on this. And I think it's because I was reading this week, I think it's holy ground. You don't really want to talk too much about this because you don't want to mess it up. Because, guys, you think about what's about to happen is that the Son of God is going to pray to, the, to his Father. And it's going to be such, such, such communion between the two. And it's on such a plane that we don't understand that it's probably best just to read through it. Because we're definitely, you know, if we had time, we'd probably take our shoes off because we are, we are stepping in holy ground right here. Let's read it together. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. Guys, I, I don't think, you know, and the writer brought this up this week as I was reading. I don't think I ever thought about it. Jesus taught his disciples to pray, and he showed them how to pray, but he never prayed with his disciples. I don't think there's a time that you can look back in the Bible that he actually prayed with his disciples. I think Jesus was on such another level of prayer that it, it just wouldn't match. It wouldn't mesh. And in this sinful body, and, and then looking at Jesus and how he knew prayer and what we think of prayer and how we try to understand prayer, it's, it's kind of way out there from us compared to Jesus. Jesus, you know, you notice every time Jesus prayed, he went and got alone because no, nobody could really understand what he was thinking about. Nobody could get to the level of prayer life that Jesus had because he was perfect. It's really, really something to think about. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, that's James and John, and began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, listen to this, listen to this testimony here, guys. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. I wonder what he was thinking about there. I'm sure he was thinking about the cross, and I'm sure he was thinking about the nails, because, you know, he knows everything. Listen to me. No man took Jesus' life. He gave it, okay? He knew everything that was about to happen. 
But, but I think, I think as you look at it, remember, remember Jesus. What is Jesus? Jesus is holy. And here he is, holy, and he's fully man and fully God, all in one. And he is about to go and do something that is totally opposite of who he is. He is looking into sin. And he's realizing that I'm a holy God. And I'm going to have to put on the sin of the world. And I'm going to have to die for it. And guys, here's one of those parts where I don't think we understand because we are all sinful in our heart. We all, the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I don't, think, I don't think we understand what it took for a holy God to take all that holiness and drown it in sin. Think about that a minute. That he drowned himself in our sins. Did he deserve that? No. Was he worthy of that? No. But he did it because he loved us. The greatest love story ever written. He loved us. And as he looked into that, that cup of sin and, and all that he would have to take upon himself and he would have to set aside his holiness just for that moment as that sin just drowned him, I believe it broke his heart. It broke his heart. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed. My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Now, many of thoughts have been talked about right there. Was, was Jesus afraid of dying? Was Jesus unsure of dying? Was he trying to get out of what he came to do? And and I'm not so sure that I've not said that in the past. That Jesus was saying, if there's any other way to do this, I'd, I'd, like, I'd like to find out some other way. But I, I don't think that's what he was saying now that I look at it a little bit more. I don't think that's what he was saying. Hold your finger there just a minute. Go over to John 12 real quick. I know it's late. Hang in there with me. John 12. And remember, guys, he knows everything. All right? Look at verse 27. John 12, verse 27. I'll wait for you. It's not on the screen, Russell. John 12, verse 27. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? That's a question. He's not saying, Father, save me. That's a question. What should I say? Father, save me? No! It was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it and will glorify it again. So he's not saying, Father, can I get out of this? He knew why he came. He told the disciples over and over and over why he came. He knew that he had to come to die for us. But I think he asked this question so that we here, as we read his word 2,000 years later, can know the answer to the question. You see, in English and all that, this was a rhetorical question. A question that you ask sometime that you know the answer to. Jesus knew the answer to this question. But he wanted us to hear the answer. 
Father. Is there any other way that man can be saved except through me? And what was heaven's answer? Silence. Silence. And it shows us once again, Jesus Christ says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And nobody comes to the Father except through me. Guys, it's not narrow-minded to say Jesus is the only way. It's just stating truth. There's only one way to heaven, and it's through Jesus Christ. It's through Jesus Christ. He was asking the question so we could hear, Father, is there any other way that these people can be saved? Is there any other way except through me? And heaven was silent. Heaven said there is no other way but through the blood of Jesus Christ. Yet not my will, but your will be done. That's where he's trying to get us in our prayer life. That whatever we pray, we end up praying this. We ask for healing. We ask for whatever it is. We ask for guidance. We ask for protection for our family. We ask for a new job. We ask for, God, move me out of this circumstance. God, take care and guide me through whatever. But at the bottom of that prayer, what he wants us to pray, just as Jesus the Holy One prayed that night, not my will, but Father, your will be done. And guys, when we can get to that point in our prayer life, then we begin to pray the way the Father wants us to pray. Because sometimes I ask for things and it's not time for it. Sometimes I ask for things that are not in the will of God. Sometimes I ask for things that are selfish. Sometimes I ask for things that I don't know the answer to. And if I get that prayer answered that way, then he's not going to be able to do what he needs to do back here. So remember, as we always have to remember, he's working all things to 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 the good for those that love the Lord. He's working your problems and my problems and that problem and this problem and that problem. He's working them all together at the same time. And he's going to answer all prayers in the right time, at the right way, at the right time. And sometimes when we pray for healing... Or we pray for this, or we pray for that. God says, I could do that, but there's a better way here. That loved one may have to suffer more if they stay here. That loved one may have to go through more trials. That loved one may have to go through sickness and pain. And if I take and heal them completely and eternally and take them on to heaven, they're healed for good and they won't have to go through that anymore. And that's hard for us to understand. But we get the way we're to pray from Jesus here when he says, Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And when Jesus Christ, the Son of God, can say that, I think that's good for us to say that too. Because look what he was facing. Look what he was facing. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. You remember what they said just about six verses ago? I'll I'll never leave you, I'll never let you down. Guys, I guess, you know what? We're a lot better at sleeping than we are praying. You ever try to pray at night and fall off sleep? You ever try to pray and your mind wanders to other things? And you go, oh, I was praying. I think the answer is we're a lot better at sleeping than we are praying. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. 
Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Everybody say amen. Amen. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. Can you see the battle that's going on? He knew that just in a few hours he was going to be hanging on an old rugged cross. I, I think he wanted to make, make sure that this was, this was the most perfect way. But you know, this plan had been set up long before we were even thought of. This plan was coming to pass. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to all the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. I'll stop there. You can read on when you get home. Here come the soldiers. Here come Judas. Judas took the most beautiful thing of love, a kiss, and used it to betray the Lord. Peter really tried to do what he said, Lord, I won't let you down. He whipped out his sword and cut off the soldier's ear. Remember that? Lord, just put it back on. He really tried. But the last verse there in 56, it says, But this has all taken place, that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. All the disciples deserted him and fled. The night before Calvary. Over the next hours, it was way, way late now. Over the next hours, he would go before a kangaroo court, Sanhedrin. They would have court at night, which they weren't supposed to do. They, they fast-tracked him through that and, and got, him, got him convicted. And he would go before Pilate, all these things. Nobody wanted any part of it. They ended up flogging him. They said, the Bible says they beat him so bad that you couldn't even recognize he was a man. And then they made him carry his cross to Calvary. And he paid the price for your sin and my sin. And that's why we celebrate today with these wonderful people that have come to be baptized, realizing what Jesus did so that they could have eternal life, realizing what he'd done for us so that we could have eternal life. Not my will, but your will be done. What's God's will for you today as we close? Have you asked him that lately? You know, sometimes we get so busy with our plans and our life and our way and what we want and what we think we need, we forget to stop and say, God, what's your plan for me? What's something you need me to do for you? Have you asked him that lately? Lord, what's your plan for my life? And guys, it doesn't matter whether you're 12 or 82 or... 50 or 30 or 65 I believe until we close our eyes in death God's got a plan for us and he's got a plan for us after that if we'll just trust him he'll take us on to heaven ask him this morning ask him to help you to pray not my will but your will be done Lord ask him to help you 
to know the wickedness of your heart, to, to guard your heart, to flood your heart with the Word of God, to flood your heart with prayer so that we won't fall so easy. May we think this week as we go through into Easter, think about the price that Jesus paid for us. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Then, Father, as we just pause and look at the night before Calvary, Lord, there's so much we don't understand. Lord, we don't understand your total holiness. We don't understand how much you had to give up to take on our sin. But, Lord, we thank you for loving us the way you did. Lord, continue to teach us how to pray. and Continue to teach us not to be proud, but to just trust you and follow you. Lord, I pray all of us will ask you, what's your will for our life? What do you want from us? What do you need from us? And Lord, I pray that you will help us to pray, not our will, but your will be done. Lord, if there's someone here this morning that's never accepted you, we would love to help them know more about you today. If there's someone here that just needs prayer, Lord, whatever it is this morning, would you just move in this service? In your name we pray.